want to get service, selection, and price so low. The record archive is the place to go. There's no message here. <laughs> You're going to ruin your needle, asshole. <laughs> what are you talking about? Nothing. Overkill. On the first Overkill record, there's a backwards message. And if you spin the record backwards, it says there's no message here. You're going to ruin your needle, asshole. I never knew that. <laughs> huh. So there is a message. But he's saying well, there's not. I got that part. I didn't know yeah. that was a thing. No, no. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So, episode 47. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a crazy four weeks. Technically, five weeks. We have you. Did you realize that we've had guests on the show the last four shows? Really? Yeah, which has been a shit ton of fun. But. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so much work (laughs) (laughs) because I can't go into anything blind. So I study people and do research and Mm -hmm. where they're from, where they want to go, Facebook stock, all kinds of crazy stuff to ask fun questions. And yeah, um, we try to, we try to do a different interview than than most, the the, the norm, the norm. The standard questions. Um, and it makes it a lot of fun going into it, knowing certain things. And then, of course, we, like, ask friends of Yeah. Yeah, people. it helps when we, when we know people that they yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, it's kind of just you and I. We, we're trying a, a little segment out here in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but... I want to share something with the listener. So last week we had Emulation on. Mm -hmm. Awesome chat, ton of fun, super Mm -hmm. down to earth guys. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been crazy. Like you've been working really late. We've just had so much going on. Like you're in a wedding this Mm -hmm. coming weekend. So things are just kind of crazy. Um, Yeah. So during the editing process for Immolation, um, you found that there was like a glitch in mm-hmm. the software we use, Reaper. And mm-hmm. we didn't realize it until you had saved and rendered and mm-hmm. published, whatever you call that, the episode. Mm-hmm. So right. our ritual is we edit and do everything Mm-hmm. And then we listen to it mm-hmm. through the speakers. Not yeah. like the whole episode, but just like we make sure that the volumes are okay between the voices and the songs. So we're not blasting right. people's ears off and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But for the last couple of weeks towards the end, of the end of the episode, your track has always been off. Mm-hmm. Like it's delayed. And it sounds yeah. like you're way behind the game in the conversation. And just <laughs> it's, like, it's like me in real life. <laughs> it's just, it sounds really weird. Yeah. And 
the emulation interview was like the tipping point for us. We were like, this has got yeah. to stop. Like, it, this doesn't make sense. We're not hearing it in the recording yeah, yeah. software. We're only hearing yeah. it when, after it's rendered. Yeah. Like, if someone said something funny, I was laughing, like, two seconds before it happened. Yeah. Like, fucking really weird yeah. something. <laughs> um, you <laughs> were up until 3 a.m. Monday morning. So normally the episode drops at midnight every mm. Monday. Mm. And w- believe it or not, we have listeners that are downloading the yeah. episode at midnight on Monday. So mm-hmm. we had people downloading this shitty version of yeah. the show. So we were like having these meltdowns. I didn't know what to do. I went into like... <laughs> female wife mode i'm like all right well let me make sure he has clean underwear and the dishes are washed and the coffee's made like i don't know i can't help you at that point you know what i mean Uh you're like the editor i'm I'm just gonna sit over here and snore (laughs) well that happened (laughs) no there there was nothing there was a one person suffering yeah but it still kind of sucked i feel bad but it's just like it's funny how the show brings so much joy and so much mm-hmm. pain sometimes mm-hmm. at the same time like it's totally worth it but it's just like you have yeah. these crunch moments of like we want shit to go right we want it to sound good and we want to put out like a good product and it's yeah you finally figured it out monday night yeah. but we still yeah. had to get up and go to work <laughs> monday yeah. morning and yeah or stay up and yeah go to work. <laughs> um and i knew it bothered you all day monday that it was like that and it was i don't yeah. think it was I think it was noticeable more to you and I than it was anyone else, but... Yeah, I'd like to think so. (laughs) But we figured it out. Yeah, yeah. You were using some weird plugins. I was, yeah. So... I was using 32-bit plugins in certain spots. That's so interesting. And and the software... The other plugins were 64-bit, and the software was 64-bit, and the 32-bit was rendering kind of at a different rate. Then so when it was done processing, all of us were kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in the process, without going on too long about this, in the process, I was trying to physically move tracks to make them line up. <laughs> so they were just all yeah. fucked up. Yeah, at, at that point, yeah. So it's it's definitely not perfect, but I think it's listenable. But I don't bring this up so much to complain about the show. You just want to make an embarrassment. No, not at all. But I do want to point out, like, I think there's a lot of people listening that can kind of relate to these kind of struggles. Like, you want to, like, this is our creative outlet, you know, and we're excited Mm -hmm. about it. We're pumped about it. And then, like, these roadblocks happen. Just, it feels like a huge setback, but we got through it. Yeah. And it was worth it. And it continues to be worth it. Absolutely. And I... I feel like we've had a lot of challenges over the, the past, not not quite year yet, but we have not missed an upset Yeah, yet. we haven't. And, and I wasn't about to. Yeah, I thought it might be close. Like, I was like, oh, this might be the week. This, yeah. this might be the week we talked about. <laughs> I know. I but, know. but we got through it. And mm-hmm. it was a fantastic episode, so it good was. job. Good well, you job. did all the work. I just did. That's not true. Well, I don't know. I feel like it was, even though we'd been, I'd been using that setup for a while. It didn't. I don't know what the tipping point was, but uh, I feel like it was 
kind of self-induced, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, well, it was kind of weird because it seemed to progressively get worse with each interview. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even understand that or mm-hmm. even if that's a thing, but like the emulation mm-hmm. interview, like you could tell the yeah. first time we rendered it and listened to it, we were like, oh boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, enough of that. So for those of you listening, we feel your recording and editing and mixing pain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's play a couple of our local bands. We haven't done this in a while. Well, we have, but we haven't done it formally like this, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to kick it off with Alien Autopsy with Epitaph Vitae. And then we're going to go into Citizens Against People with Normalized. I saw nothing. 
I got some in my pocket. You do? What yeah. is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's some more uh, a TikTok nonsense. Oh, boy. Another yeah. challenge. Yeah. What is it this time? I, this challenge is titled uh, the Skull Breaker Challenge. I still don't understand how these are challenges. They, they just seem like nonsense. Well, it's kind of like the challenge where I didn't bend my knees. Yeah, well, that see was... How, no, that was a TikTok challenge. There was just no TikTok back then. But <laughs> you could have done it. Like, what are... I don't understand a lot of these, the, what the challenge part is. Like, here, I'll tell you what okay. this one is. The, the skull... Skullbreaker challenge. I think the challenge is to live. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that makes sense. So the challenge calls for a victim to be fooled into thinking they're learning a new dance. Okay. Okay. Um, so they kind of deserve this, I think. They're fucking dancing. No, I don't agree with that, but carry on. <laughs> I don't like dancing, but anyways. Yeah, but you like to watch people dance. No, I don't. I do. I love to yeah. watch people dance. Um, so the challenge is they think they're learning a new dance and when they, I guess they, part of the dance is to jump and when they jump, there's two people on either side of them kick their legs out from That's under them. That's not funny at all. That face. is not funny at all. <laughs> That's a challenge. So what's, I, again, I don't understand what the challenge is. That's a prank. Uh, do people know the difference between like a prank <laughs> no, and a challenge? challenge? Don't you're I think you're microaggressing against me <laughs> for my terminology. <laughs> so it's a challenge. Well, it's not your words. That's what they're calling it, right? It's the new TikTok challenge. Yeah, yeah, but I'm insisting that it's a challenge. But it's not a challenge. What's yeah. the challenge? Don't microaggress <laughs> against me. I don't have to answer that. <laughs> Well, it's stupid. Anyways, I have something more important to talk about. Really? Yeah, I have national days. Oh. <laughs> Nonsense national days. Is there, is there some kind of chocolate or pastry involved? Ooh, yes. Banana wow, cream really? pie day. Old stuff day. Read <laughs> across America day. Which, by the way, it's Dr. Seuss's birthday today. It yeah, is. that's where Read Across America Day is inspired from, Dr. Seuss's birthday. All right, I'm going to switch gears here for a second. Okay. Well, for many seconds, probably. Um, when the last metal meltdown happened, we talked about it, and mm -hmm. I mentioned that I was a social butterfly and had the opportunity to speak to like a ton of different people. Mm -hmm. One of those people was Matt from in Caligon. Mm -hmm. We coined the term the term front mat for him because mm -hmm. we just love him as a front man and he, his name yeah. is Matt. Front right. man. Um so anyways, we have always said like hi in passing or whatever, but I don't think he mm -hmm. ever really knew who we were. So we right. introduced ourselves and we had a really nice conversation. Mm -hmm. You did, right? I didn't I didn't really get to talk to him. Yeah, th yeah, there was just like a lot going on. But I yeah. happened to accost him because I was like sitting across the table from him and I was yeah. just like, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was super nice. He was a really mm -hmm. nice guy. Uh, and I mentioned it's been, well, it's been my birthday month, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, 
but it was like my birthday and Christmas all in one week. He sent us a package full of Encalagon goodies, Sarkis goodies, like yeah. all. A package is an understatement. It, that was like a crate. It, amazing. Amazing. And yeah. we have just like, cool. can't wait to sit down each night since we got it and like listen to it. So mm-hmm. we've been really vibing on the Sarkis. Uh, we have yeah. really been enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Um, Very cool. It was... Sarkis predates in Caligon. Yes. Um, and our very own Danny Loker uh, mm-hmm. helped produce and mix that that album. Um, and, and it is just like so fantastic. The Sacred Scars album? Yes. Yes. I think that was from 2010. Uh, yes. I believe that's about right. Um, so we're going to play... Matt's favorite track off of that album. All right. I want to do something special for this okay. one. I want to play from the vinyl. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we can do that. I like that. Um, so we're going to play of Famine, Darkness, and Sword, which is a fantastic song. Off it of, is. It's, a, it's an epic song. Yeah, Sarkis. It's long and awesome. And then we're going to go into an Encalagon song, because we can, and we're going to play Hester's Emissary.
I added something to my pocket. You yeah. did? Put something in your yeah. pocket? Uh, from NPR. So mm-hmm. the title is Why America is Losing the Toilet Race. <laughs> and it's about... So just give a quick backstory. Well, first you said toilet race. Yeah, I know. I had to... I really have to you think have about practice. it. <laughs> There's no R I know, Toilet. <laughs> toilet. I really... I, I practiced that this morning, actually, <laughs> knowing I was going to talk about this article. Um, all right. So this dude took a trip to Japan for the first time mm-hmm. and he said he like fell in love with like the food and the culture and the volcanoes and blah 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 um, but he also mentioned that Japanese toilets are marvels of techn- technological innovation okay who would have thought uh, they have integrated bidets or mm. bidets, <laughs> uh, which squirt water to clean your private parts. I think we all know what a bidet is. Mm. Um, they have dryers and heated seats. They use water efficiently, clean themselves, and deodorize the air so bathrooms actually smell good. They have mm. white noise machines, so you can fill your stall with the sound of rain for relaxation and privacy. Some even have built-in night lights and music players. It's all customizable and controlled by electronic buttons on a panel next to your seat. Wow. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. So apparently we're way behind the times in the toilet industry. You know who's even more behind? Who? India. Oh, I know that's where you were going with that. I have to. All right, go ahead. There's, There's no anything. That's like a hole in the floor. There's no toilet paper. Are we sure that's true? I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, maybe not in all of India, but in parts, it's true. There's a hole in the floor, no toilet paper. You uh, you wipe with your hand, and so if you're in those parts of India and you're going to shake hands, shake with your right, not your left, or you'll be considered a filthy barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. All right. So this guy, um, uh, Toto, is like the maker of these Japanese commodes. Okay. Um, and he was quoted, oh, Strang is his name. U.S. toilets are effectively bedpans with a drain. Mm, yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty depressing. Yeah. I want white noise and music and night lights when I go to the bathroom. It's funny they they have these elaborate bathrooms and then they go back to these like five by five cell pods that they live in. Or is that China? That might be China. Yeah, I don't know. But this is pretty impressive. Yeah. You know you know who's really lacking for the amount of money they put in to building these places? The fucking airports, bathrooms are fucking horrendous. Oh, okay. Not, not all of oh, them. No, all of them. Fucking all of them. Why do they have those stainless steel doors where you can see everyone's filthy, dirty, greasy? I oh my god, I feel disgusting uh, already, and I'm not even in one. I have one better for what? you. So, a lot of the airports, the men's rooms, 
the urinals, there's no splash guard between the urinals. So you're standing next to somebody pissing, like a foot and a half away from next to you, and they're splashing, pissing all over it. You know what I mean? It's splashing back, pissing on you. It's fucking gross. (laughs) This reminds me. Sorry, that is gross, but this reminds me of (laughs) the last Curb Your Enthusiasm that we watched. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where he had, so he's, (laughs) this is hilarious. Um, Larry's Lattes, like he's (laughs) opening this latte shop Mm -hmm. and he's insistent that there's no toilets in the men's room because he doesn't want anyone defecating Uh in his coffee shop. But the women's bathroom. I can shit in the urinal. (laughs) You've been known (laughs) to do so. Um, The women's bathroom, he constructed like these squatting. So like instead of squatting facing like towards the stall door, you would squat towards the wall and like hold on to like this handrail. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know, it was hilarious. Those, yeah, that that was interesting. (laughs) Um, okay, we just managed to do an entire segment on toilets. High five, Grim Dystopian. High five. five. All right, let's play a couple songs. (laughs) Um, so Zev from Insurreal sent this over to us. Uh, new track, Demonic Grin, Enjoy. And then we're gonna go into Dark Apathy, um, from Buffalo with Deliverer of Doom. Then we're going to hear probably my favorite doom band from Russia, Bonk Tower, with Defender of Humanity. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. 
have to tell you a, a brief story. Okay. Um, and then we're going to make a phone call. Okay. <laughs> so when I was, I don't know, 14, and I was introduced to Celtic or Celtic Frost, mm-hmm. however you pronounce How it How do you days. pronounce it? I, I always said Celtic, right. but I, I guess that's wrong these days. I don't okay. know. Uh, so there is a song off on Morbid Tales mm-hmm. called Into Crypts of Rays. Mm-hmm. And... I always assume I didn't read the lyrics, and I I always loved loved the song, but I assumed that it was um, just some uh, misuse of the English language or misinterpretation. Yeah. And I didn't realize that it was what it was about. Um, and we have a a friend that's a a, a, a metal enthusiast and a history dork. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna give him a call. And uh, he's going to tell us the story. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Hello. Hi. Is this John? Yes. John Wilkes Bathory? Yes. <laughs> okay. Got the right one. Can, <laughs> can you hear us all right? The right one. Yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay. I live next to John Wilkes Bathory. This is John Wilkes Smith. Oh. Sorry, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, you wanted to hear about Gilles Dolly. Yeah, I promise so I, I won't pronounce it like that again. That's fine. So I was I was telling the listeners that um, I interpreted that song title as just a, a misuse of the English language, maybe by a foreign. Yeah, language. I always assumed they that they had a, a passing interest with English. Uh, passing uh, familiarity with English. Yeah, and I, I never read wow. the lyrics until uh, kind of recently, and I I didn't even know it was about that. The lyrics, the they came with uh, Morbid Tales came with a, a lyrical poster back then, and the in the vinyl, and it yeah. it had sort of like a disclaimer on the bottom that described exactly who Gilles was. Mm. Okay. Um. I I guess I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was kind of disappointed at first, thinking that there's uh, finding that there's almost no primary sources on Giel, mm-hmm. but it because he's well known as he's best known for being a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, of is, but um, he he was also uh, marshal of the army of France. He mm-hmm. he. Uh, he, he sort of lived these two lives, and there's there's two different groups of people who who have strong opinions on him. In fact, they some people in 1992 retried him and exonerated him with the <laughs> idea that the church sort of forced him by torture into making that confession that yeah. he killed over a hundred children. Uh-huh. Um, but those people, none of them had any medieval. Uh, uh, historical education or anything it just i don't know it I, I wouldn't be surprised to find that that some of them sort of trace their heritage to to deray uh-huh. because there's really there's really no evidence of that either he did have a dispute with some of the upper end clergy mm-hmm. but that's i mean who would who would confess to that in fact, he wasn't right. a. I mean, who? The information we have about Gilles is is part of his confession. Right. right. So the idea that he would lure uh, 
lure and kidnap children, mm-hmm. torture them and kill them. Mm-hmm. It came out of his own his own confession. It's not like there were people right. accusing him of that. Right. So no one knew. There were no witnesses who knew what happened inside his castle, but him. And he had a lot of them. He started off very, very, as an adult anyways, very, very wealthy. He was thought of by everyone as this uh, heroic general. Um, He was made marshal of the army by uh, Charles VII. See, this occurred during the Hundred Years' War Mm -hmm. in the uh, 14th and 15th centuries in France. Uh, It's war between France and England. Mm -hmm. And um, what's important to know about this is that um, it it started so shortly before the Black Death. So in certain areas, three two thirds of the population died from disease. Which you know, imagine that is basically most of the people you know die from a disease. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention they're fighting with their arch enemy, enemy England. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the crops are being harvested. Also, it just so happens England's strategy in the war was scorched earth to basically destroy anything that the French could use. So starvation and and horror were pretty much a century long. You know, there are people today who have been born into warfare. Um, so France is in this miserable time and uh, this teenage girl named Joan uh, Joan, claims Joan to, of Cusack? Uh, yes. Yes. The, I knew it. John's brother. Sister. <laughs> Sorry so, so, Joan of Arc is, is saying that she's hearing from uh, an archangel um, getting instructions and uh, there's a, a schism in the French for you know, everybody wants to rule France, which is just war torn and horrible. Every lord or baron thinks that it should be them. She supports this Charles the Seventh, and she wins these really. Uh, she and Jill, Jill both at the you know together, win these great battles, including uh, uh, winning the the city of Orleans. Mm-hmm. And he's given the the honor of marshal of the army. He's he's known as being. Uh, extremely brave and, and uh, a great soldier and he's given the, the honor of being her personal guard mm-hmm. um, important to just stop for a second that uh, I think maybe I came over the week to understand who Gilles is um, mm-hmm. somewhere between this this horrible sinister guy and this this person who was duped by the church what I came across is that it turns out there's there's pretty good evidence that he was basically an idiot. <laughs> um, he was one of the richest people in the history of France. I mean, he to keep, okay. He made a he made a play about his his siege of Orleans mm-hmm. uh, that had five hundred costumes made, <laughs> which yeah. means he had five hundred players in his play. Uh-huh. Um, everyone that came to see it, you know, ate and drank whatever the hell they wanted for as long as, I don't know, I imagine the play was a week long. Um, so he was a, uh, he was ridiculous in how he spent money. Mm-hmm. And uh, to give an example, he, he sold 40 castles to 
finances, frugal lifestyle. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, he, went, he did what anyone would do. He started having his friends looking for alchemists who could turn uh, metals into gold. Yeah. And perfectly, other guys who could rational. summon demons. That's, That's how rational. he wanted to preserve his wealth. Because he, he had lost it all. He, didn't have any, he wasn't allowed to sell any more land. His uh-huh. family uh, teamed up with the Charles VII to stop him from getting rid of Castle. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously, he did what anyone would do, try to get Satan to, to pay. <laughs> so, he, perfectly he, reasonable. He, he brings in this guy, uh, Antonio Francisco Predati, from, from Italy. He's, he's famous for being a former priest and demonologist. Mm-hmm. And he wanted. He came with the uh, the. He, he told Gil that he could uh, summon demons. He, a demon specifically, for Gilles' purposes, uh, that he would summon was named Baron. I never heard mm-hmm. of a demon named Baron otherwise. But <laughs> um, anyway, Baron, if properly sated, would provide great wealth. So it, obviously, no demon showed. And mm. Prelati said he, that, that the demon was angry and that he needed child, child parts, mm-hmm. children, parts of children as a sacrifice. Well, it just so happened Gilles had plenty of parts laying around. He, I mean, it does seem to be an absolute fact that he did, in the, in the territories that he ruled, he would, he would summon children to be pages who mm-hmm. would never return. Mm-hmm. And also, he would kidnap. Just kind of think of what France would have been like in the 15th century with the plague and the and, and a century of war. Mm-hmm. That you know, the the lord of a of a feudal territory pretty much is God. I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. no authority to go to. I mean, he he would have gotten away with this forever, and there's no one they could complain to. I mean, I mean, it's a big responsibility to be lord, but it's also I guess it's kind of good to be the king. You get to do whatever you want. Yeah. So his 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 shtick, according to Gilles himself, is that he would wine and dine these, mostly boys, but not mm. entirely. He would wine and dine them, um, make them think that they basically went to heaven. And then they'd retire to a different room with a smaller group of people, uh, the closest friends of Gilles. And then he would suddenly turn and start to horribly torture these uh-huh. children and what he really got off was, on was the shock that these kids would go through you know at the sudden change um he he, he went to some length to, to describe that and 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 in my research it turns out that that's kind of i got i didn't know this was a common sexual thing where people uh-huh. kill animals um as you know, to see their changes in expressions, you know, like cats and dogs mm-hmm. during, you know, for sexual thrills. Mm-hmm. And that was coincidental. That was because I started arguing with someone from PETA. And, <laughs> and that just suddenly, <laughs> that I, I uncovered that and sort of looking into it. So that Gilles did this with people just seems like, you know, a step up. Mm-hmm. He also had a lot of history of... Um, trying to find alchemists, people who could turn, um, could transmute um, common metals into precious metals. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there was an anecdote I, I came across where he gave some guy silver to turn the silver into gold. And it turned out the guy just turned it into booze because he <laughs> found him in this pub unconscious the next day <laughs> without the silver. <laughs> um, Gilles was, he's always looking, he, it sounds, it seemed to me that he's desperate and that he'll, he'll believe anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, he wrote that he saw Joan get hit with a, with a crossbow bolt in the shoulder mm-hmm. that she removed it herself and the heel just the, the wound just healed right then and there. And he believes stuff like this. And uh, it doesn't seem that he was actually tortured by the church, but he was in this. This is a this really tells us about Gilles. He was threatened with excommunication. He believes in magic things. He believes in God. He believes in demons. He believes in magic. He believes people could turn metals into gold. Magic he, with a he, K or with a C? <laughs> it doesn't exist with a K in my opinion. What? So anyway, my impression of you is that he was this kind of, he was a fool. And he was willing to use these, these magic shortcuts to get what he needed. Uh-huh. And when, when he was told that God wouldn't like him anymore, he totally confessed, hoping that, you know, that in his execution, you know, God would be buddies with him again. Uh-huh. Um, and that's kind of a, a point with what we're doing here is, is if we're just lifting events of the past, history is kind of useless in that regard. Mm-hmm. And if we're, if we're just looking for a way to indict people of the past for failing to live up to 21st century morals and ethics, that's mm-hmm. also a waste of time just like whitewashing history is. We, un- we, we do this to kind of understand who we are. And I wanted to make sure that Gilles seemed like a person, mm-hmm. not just some infinite, infamous serial killer, which he was. He had these really deviant sexual predilations. Mm-hmm. He, he was a fool who got taken in by anybody. He, you know, he must have been, people must have saw him as a piggy bank. Um, yeah. And... So that was Gilles de Ray. And um, you can imagine in the 80s uh, learning about this stuff and, and, and wanting to write a song about it. And I think even though they have, like we said, a, a passing familiarity with English at the time, I think they did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Especially that, I don't know what you'd call it. It's not a bridge. Some kind of interlude or a changeover in the song. You know that, so this is for the morbid one. Uh You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's one of the coolest parts of any song ever. Yes, that's what that is. (laughs) It is a cool part, yeah. Um, Agreed. And in fact, they, they, I don't know. I've I've been listening to it again over the last week and, and, that's an excellent album. In fact, it I is. think it might be their best. I agree. So one of the things about DeRay's that I read was the people saying that all of that was made up, claimed that he had a Catholic burial. And that if that was the case, then what he was accused of wasn't exactly true. Oh, um, understanding, especially in, in America, you get sort of, we get sort of a skewed view of what Catholicism is. What? No. According no, to no. Catholics, if you um, are penitent and you confess, you're good. 
So, you know, and that's one of the reasons Catholicism isn't so big in the U.S. is that, you know, Hitler could conceivably be in heaven. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you can, if you're, if you're penitent and take confession, then, you know, there's, you'll go through the purgatory thing and, mm-hmm. and you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, so by confessing, Gil sort of, you know, he, he gave up his life, but he was good with the magic force of God, you know? That's the idea of confessing. Um, you know, you, you think of the witch trials, which weren't a Catholic thing. They were uh, American puritanical thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, if if you confess, they kill you. And if you don't confess, you die from the torture of them trying to make you confess. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of like, you know, that's how they get you to confess is, you know, I understand the Middle Ages was miserable for everyone, especially this period in this area. And people didn't try to build up, you know, the Renaissance, which happened after, was because, you know, people wanted to make the world a better place. They, you know, even aesthetically, to make it prettier, mm-hmm. um, to make our time on the earth passable, make it, you know, your successes and failures in life are what matter. But mm-hmm. in this period in time, in this area, you were getting your life was pretty much there to get ready for the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Probably more for peasants than rich people, but um, I mean that's kind of why they they I think unfairly call it the Dark Ages is because they seem to be obsessed with death. Yeah, but really they're obsessed with their afterlife. They they think that most of their existence happens after they die. Mm-hmm. So, you know, making sure your sins are straight, that you go to church three times a week, mm-hmm. um, that you do everything that they tell you to do mm-hmm. while alive. You suffer in life so that you, you reap the rewards in death, which it seems to me like a horrible way to live. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Well, thanks for sharing with us, and uh, we look forward to the story next time okay thank you thank you thanks for having me thank see you, you next time see later you. bye so that was a very interesting backstory to into <laughs> the crypts of rays by yes. celtic frost is it celtic or Celtic? i don't know i grew up with celtic so me too right yeah and i i saw an interview where they asked tom warrior what the uh, correct pronunciation was, and he said whatever you wanted to be. Perfect. Well, (laughs) I want it to be Celtic Frost, so. I do, too. So, John is your, um, probably your longest-running friend, right? Yeah. He doesn't run, though. No, he doesn't run. Um, And now y'all have a little bit of a glimpse of what my life looks like. (laughs) 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 Just kidding. Um... Yeah, uh, not kidding, but <laughs> kidding, not kidding. <laughs> um, this, I think, this August we will have known each other forty years. That's longer than I've been alive. It is longer than I've been alive. <laughs> nice try. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, John, for the segment yeah. in the thank history you, lesson. John Wilkes Smith. <laughs> 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 so let's hear a couple songs. Next, we're going to hear a figmentate 
by Paradox Rift from Ohio, and then Faster Than Hell by Croatia's Speedclaw.
All right, we have some upcoming shows to talk about. Okay. So let's hear them. This ow, I just bit my tongue again. <laughs> this Friday, the sixth, <laughs> at the Fetter Building off of Main Street, Spitnickels Coalition Displacer: The Return of Nuclear Winter, mm. Gates of Paradox, and Cabin in the Woods. Um, it's a free show, but they are mm. taking donations for the wildfires in Australia. That's cool. Yeah. I'm intrigued by this this event. Yeah. Um, and I'm really curious to see... The Fetter Building? No. Oh. Nuclear Winter. I guess. Oh, I know. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So let me go back here because there's some more. I mean, all the bands are exciting. Yeah, of course. There's been some changes with Nuclear Winter. Yeah. Like, I'm happy to see they're still going. Yes. Um... Sorry about this. Okay. And then next Tuesday is our favorite yeah. happy hour. I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Metal melt- <laughs> Meltdown with the one and only Blurring. Mm-hmm. So that'll be good. Very cool. Um, now There's a lot of shows coming up. And then Wednesday, March 11th at Bug Jar, Pathology, Pyrexia... Salako and Dissonant Seepage. Mm-hmm. That's a cool lineup. Yeah. It's at the Bug Jar on a Wednesday, though. Oof. We'll do our best. Um, we'll make it work. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool stuff. I mean, I don't want to go too far in mm-hmm. because people forget and I'll mention it again, but mm-hmm. um, lots of Gates of Paradox shows. Just let, Salako, just lots of really cool shit coming up, so. I'm looking forward to it. Get off your asses and go listen to some live metal music. Yeah. There's plenty of it. Um, oh, and I just closed my tab, so we're done with shows now anyways. Um, so we did this episode a little different this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some major scheduling. Like, we just had a crazy busy week. Yeah. So we kind of... Um, cheated a little bit not really cheated but we did things differently we mm. recorded kind of in segments mm-hmm. when we could mm. um so we had, we had to adapt yeah this week. and we can't miss a show no. we're not missing a fucking show <laughs> so we mentioned in the beginning of the episode that you were in a wedding and mm-hmm. that actually took place last night mm-hmm. um which was saturday night yeah and Friday night, kind of. And Friday. Yeah, it's just, it's been insane. And you've been really busy at work, and I've been really busy mm-hmm. at work. It's just, mm-hmm. um, so, like you said, we had to adapt. So, <laughs> I hope it doesn't sound too choppy. We mm-hmm. kind of use different time frames to, <laughs> to explain, like, where we were in the week, and yeah. I don't know. but I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. So, the wedding that you were in was mm-hmm. amazing. Um, you were... The best guy. I was the worst guy. <laughs> I was the worst best man. You did a killer you did a killer speech. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, you did a really good job. Well, I, I think everyone that. loved it. Thank you. I know everyone loved it. They all commented uh, on it. Well, thank you. Um, of course the bride was beautiful. Um, of course. It was really cute at one point in the night. She apparently is a really good singer. Mm-hmm. Uh I had no idea. Um, I, didn't, I didn't either. But her and her son, her five-year-old son, did like um, the Star is Born 
a Star is Born song. Mm. I don't remember what the name of the song is. I don't either. It was so cute. Yeah, they did a good job. Yeah, they did a really good job. It was cute. Um, And that kind of wraps up our week. It does. And then then we had a great uh, Uber ride back. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We've had a couple of those lately, actually. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, This one, I think, as far as the language barrier, that it was the worst one that I've experienced. Uh, like this, this guy did not speak English. I think all he knew how to say was five star, five star, give me five star. Yeah, he was yelling that as we got out of the car, and it I, was like so he start, awkward. He started mumbling it as we were getting out, and I'm like, okay, and then it cool. just got louder and louder cool, until buddy. we got into yeah. the apartment complex. I, I thought, cool, buddy, you're giving us five stars, thanks. No. And then he's like, no, five star, give me five star. Yeah. And he's demanding five stars. And he was actually. You don't demand five stars. Well, but you gave him five stars. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked. <laughs> All right. Um, he was like aggressively, uh, blissfully, uh, what am I trying to say? Like direction challenged. Oh, yeah. So, like, he was speeding around, but, like, had no idea where he was going. So, yeah. we'd have to be like, uh, wait, uh, and then he'd, yeah. like, slam on the brakes, and all of right. our heads would be bouncing around the backseats of the yeah. car. Yeah, yeah. Like those people that, like, speed up to a red light and then slam the brakes on. Yes, he kept like doing that have, repeatedly. They have to get to that red light the fastest. And then he was, like, assuming a turn, and we'd be like, no, no, no. So, we'd, like, jerk the car back yeah. straight again. It's like, oh, Jesus. And then just slam on the brakes yeah. in the middle of the road. <laughs> And he got five stars anyways. He did. He got his five stars. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's wrap up this episode. Thank all you right. for listening to us babble and mumble on. We have great things in the works. Yeah, we do. Chats and interviews and all kinds of cool guests. So we are closing up with Soul Burn from the Netherlands with Abyssica. And then after that, we're going to hear Turbo Kill from Germany with War Thunder.
What's up, everybody? This is Ross Dolan from Immolation, and you're listening to Grim Dystopian Podcast. 